This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. Guys, this week I am joined by Brad Gothard and Nikki Vandermulen. And we are talking all things boning. Boning is a historic archery brand that has been around for nearly 100 years. And we talk all through their products from glues to wraps and veins and how to build arrows and what jigs to use to build arrows and different fletching configurations and different glues to use for inserts versus veins and all of those things. Guys, it's a really informative episode. If you like to build your own arrows, I would highly encourage you to stay tuned in right here. Guys, arrows, in my opinion, are the single most important thing that we as hunters use because at the end of the day, that arrow is the only thing that comes in contact with the animal. So we should be prioritizing our arrows, and building our arrows will help us learn a lot about our arrow setup. So guys, stay tuned in right here. If you'd like to build your own arrows, this is the place to learn about all of the different veins, all of the different glues, all of the different wraps, and everything that you need to do it. Guys, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you learn something about building your arrows. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Guys, if you have been around archery much at all, then you've probably heard the name Lancaster. And for good reason, Lancaster Archery is well-known worldwide, and they have an incredible reputation worldwide. Why? Because they're archery experts on all things archery. From bow hunting to 3D shooting, from recurves to compounds. If it's archery, they not only sell the products, but they know the products. Guys, Lancaster is your one-stop shop for all things bear archery. Every compound, recurve, all the equipment. But outside of bear, they have everything you need from arrows and broadheads to, to bow building equipment. Everything. Guys, Lancaster Archery is a name that you can absolutely trust. They put out some of the best information that you can find just about anywhere. So I would highly encourage you 
to not only shop at LancasterArchery.com because you can trust in the products you're buying because they know about the products that you're buying, but also I would highly encourage you to check out all of their resources, not only on their website, but on their YouTube channel because they are a wealth of knowledge on all things archery. So guys, check out Lancaster Archery. They're your one-stop shop, not only for all of the equipment that you could ever possibly need that's archery-related, but also all of the information that you would ever need that is archery-related. LancasterArchery.com. Go check them out. All right, so Nikki and Brad, let's let's start at the beginning. And I don't know, I don't know who the best person is to give me this this rundown. But um, man, if you have if you have ever shot archery, you've probably heard of boning, um, and and for good reason. They've been around forever. Um, they're in, they're an industry name that everybody trusts nationwide, worldwide. Whether you're hunting or shooting for millions of dollars on the lines at ASA, whatever. Uh, boning is a name that people trust. So who could, could run me through a little bit of history of the boning brand? Oh, we probably both could. Um, Nikki's been, been with the company longer than I have. So, so boning started with Rollin boning in 1946. Um, he was a chemist and he worked in the auto industry when he retired, he moved up north where we are located in northern Michigan, and he he was the type that couldn't just retire. He had to tinker and develop new things, invent things, and he came up with some insert adhesives for arrows. Along the lines of that same time, he was coming up with um, paints for doing cresting on traditional arrows. Um, I, different types of fletchings, uh, things for other industries also. But um, he continued to run the company for several years. And then his son-in-law, Colby Johnson, took over. And from there, Colby brought in the plastic fletchings um, as a, a big staple item. Plastic knocks <clears throat> um, were a huge development. Uh, we also brought in our own tool and dye department. So we had our own dye makers um, doing everything here on site. And then in the 80s, Col um, Colby's son-in-law, Larry Griffith, took over the company. And he brought it to where it is now, where we have world-class equipment. We do all of our own quality control. We have machines to test every product to make sure that it's completely up to snuff, it's ready to go before we launch anything. Um, and he brought the three color process in for our veins, doing um, multiple vein materials, um, kind of in, in made it a very streamlined process to make all of our products. Continuing on with the adhesives, we have fletching adhesives now, we have insert adhesives, we have paints for multiple industries, we have all kinds of extruded products, all kinds of molded products that we do, um, quivers, um, just all different kinds of products now. But so it's passed through the same family for many, many years, almost a hundred years. So, um, been around the block a time or two. Well, and that's what, um, you know, I had a conversation with, um, a couple of the guys from boning last year and, and they just talked about the kind of the rich history between bear and boning. Uh, because they're two of the most iconic names in archery and, and uh, you guys make a lot of products that are Fred Bear exclusives uh, with his flannel wraps and his camo wraps. And 
guys, one of the coolest one of the coolest products that I've ever seen is the Fred Bear flannel wraps, and uh, that's actually you guys can talk about the science behind it better, but that's actually like a a screenshot or a picture of Papa Bear himself's flannel shirt, and they turn it into a wrap. And so, yeah. like, there's just there's a lot of history there, and for good reason. Both both brands are iconic in the archery industry. You don't make it 90 years or 100 years without being a, a good brand. So, um, let's dive in. Let's start at the front of the arrow. One question I get asked a lot, especially now that heavy arrows are on the on the rave, and everybody wants a a 700 grain arrow. Uh, you know, they're cranking out these super high FOCs, and they're putting you know, big heavy hitting outserts on their arrows. And then they wonder why they're pulling out their FOS, their, their insert all the time in their target, um, which we'll get into, but, but what adhesives do they need to be using for their inserts and outserts? So the best type of adhesive for anything that's really heavy or hard to glue is the type of adhesive that you can't adjust. You have to, decide where it's going to be seated and it's going to be a permanent adhesive hold. So what we offer is something called insert iron. It's an MDI type of, of adhesive. So it starts out liquid, it swells up and it fills all the gaps and holes and it makes a structural type bond. So it's a, it's a great adhesive. The drawback is it's not adjustable once it's cured but it's never going to come out of your arrow. So if you're having any issues in that way, having things come out of your arrow that you don't want to come out of your arrow, that's the best type of adhesive. Now, if you're using a more standard type of insert or <clears throat> a uh, smaller or lighter weight point, you can get away with using the hot melt adhesives where it's heat adjustable. So you can make adjustments after the fact, after it's been applied. And for that, we offer the original product that the company started with, Ferrolite, And we also have the carbon arrow version, which is called Ferrolite Cool Flex. Both of those are just applied by heating up the insert, rubbing it on the stick, and then sticking it into your arrow. And then you can adjust it by reheating the, the adhesive. Now, I always tell people, and and... Is that insert iron? Is that one of those kind of like rubberized glues? Yes, essentially. It doesn't get hard, it, but it does hard, it hardens from its original um, right. the, the original form, but it's not a, a, a rigid hold. Well, it's and that's the reason, like I tell people, don't ever use like a, uh, like a, a fletching glue, like blazer, blazer bond. Don't ever use blazer bond. Because what happens is when that arrow is smacking the target, you're cracking the glue, you're loosening the glue, and then over time you pull yeah. it out, and all of a sudden your insert's in your target, and you lost a broadhead, a field tip, whatever, and an outsert. Um, but that black rubberized, or, or any rubberized, it's just, it's it takes the punishment of being smacked into the target. So it has play in it, if you will. Uh, not play as, yeah. as far as being able to turn it or move it, but play is in taking the impact and absorbing some of the impact rather than just cracking and breaking over time. Um, yeah. Now, what about which uh, and another point to make is, you know, if it says 20 minute cure time or whatever, it's probably not a glue that's good for your inserts. Um, whereas your fletch tights, uh, I'm sorry, whereas your your um, your insert glues, they're going to say. 42 72 you know something a lot longer because it takes longer for that yeah. to set up 
now, I want to give a tip, and I shared this on a video for Bear not too long ago, but a lot of guys struggle with when they put those inserts in and they glue them. It's got such a long time to cure that they struggle with their inserts coming back out some when they are gluing them. Take out your knocks mm -hmm. before you glue your inserts in. Because what happens if yes. your knocks are in, you're creating an, uh, like a air piston, essentially, and that air has to mm -hmm. escape from that arrow, so it's going to push your, your insert out just a bit as the glue dries. So take out your knocks yeah. and then glue your inserts, and it's going to stop that creak, that creep is what I call it, is when your inserts creep out before it dries. So uh, just a tip when you go to glue those inserts in. Now, what about hot melts? Where would those come into play at? So the hot melts, like our ferrule tight and our ferrule tight cool flex, those are awesome tools, especially if you don't quite know where you want to have your insert set or your the 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 spin on your um, broadheads, that sort of thing. It's easy to adjust. So if you're doing a carbon arrow, our cool flex goes on. You, you know, you have to heat it up. We use the little alcohol burners or a torch, whatever you want to use. Um, and you put it on your insert and it cools within 30 seconds and you can dip it in a cup of just tap water. And it, as soon as it's cool, it's set. It doesn't, it's not going to go anywhere. But if you need to reheat it for the cool flex, all you have to do is run it under hot tap water and it's softened enough to the point that you could turn it. But as soon as it cools again, it's completely set up. So it's not as strong of a bond as the insert, the rubberized inserts, um, adhesives, but it is still very strong. We do a lot of destruction testing on these types of adhesives whenever we have to make a change or want to make a change to the adhesive. And when we, we actually glue the inserts into the arrows and we pull them out to test how much strength that is required to pull them. And it's thousands of pounds of pressure required, even for the cool flex, the hot melt adhesive. So we say it's a weaker bond than the rubberized glue, but it's not really. It's it's stronger than nobody would be able to pull it out themselves. So the hot melts are a great option. Um, just make sure you use the right one. The blue one goes for the carbon. The yellow, the original, the ferrule tie is for aluminum arrows or wood arrows. So if you overheat the carbon fibers, you can cause a problem with your carbon arrows. So that's why we have the blue. It doesn't require as much heat. Gotcha. So blue is for carbon. Yellow is for aluminums. Yes. Yeah. Now, another good part about that, um, you know, there's been times where I build out an arrow and, you know, say I, well, perfect example. I've got these 400 spines that I was shooting out of my, my recurve and it's going to be a perfect setup for my wife. However, I got to change the insert. Um, my wife can't shoot out of her 45 pound bow. She can't shoot, you know, a, a, a 125 grain insert. So it's going to be the perfect shaft for my wife, but not the perfect insert for my wife with the, the hot melts. I can heat up that insert with a torch or a, a lighter, whatever, and very carefully uh, not get it too hot or you'll pull fibers out of your carbon. But you can heat that up just enough to where that glue will melt and you can pull that insert right out. Then I can rebuild them for my wife. Um, another tip, if you did, if you, um, you know, if I'm just gluing on some 
like little kid arrows and I'm putting in little inserts for my kids and you know, I know they're just shooting them in the backyard. I'll use um, some some Fletch Tide or whatever, uh, Blazer Bond, whatever, just to glue them in there and have them stick. A good way to get them out if you have used that type of glue. If you listen to this, you're like, man, I got to rebuild my arrows, better glues. Take a drill bit that fits down your shaft, put it in your arrow, and then just start slinging it towards the tip of that shaft. And, and that will, like I said, the impact will break that glue up. And then do it in a safe area, not around kids, or they'll get a drill bit to the eye. Uh, and then just start slinging that arrow and eventually it's going to break up that glue enough and you'll pop that insert right out. Um, so just a couple little tips and tricks there. Um, why do you guys, I, I gotta, I gotta vent here for a minute. Why do you guys not make feathers? Traditional feathers, bird feathers. Yes. It's just, uh, it's kind of a, uh, more specialized market really. So the extruded veins like we do are, it's a very, um, it's a, a known process and it's done the same way every time to yield the same results. With feathers, it's harder to uh, get the same exact result every time because all birds with feathers are different. Now, so, have you guys ever done feathers? I mean, you would think a 90-year-old company at some point or a hundred year old company, you know, you're making all the cresting tools for it. Um, I would think at one point they made feathers. I could be, you wrong. know, that's one thing I don't, I don't know. I do have some of, um, I, I don't have any of Rollins old arrows, but I do have some of Colby's old arrows and there are feathers on them. I'm not sure. I think a lot of times back in the sixties and seventies, people made their own feathers. So yeah, they, they, were they would laugh at the audacity of us. Yeah. They would laugh at us for saying, Oh, I need somebody to get a feather for me. They'd yeah. say, why didn't you? So we do actually, we, we had a little involvement with the feathers. We had a feather cutter at one time where you would split the quill yeah, and in the, the cutter. And we had two or three different dye patterns for the cutter. It was a wicked machine. <laughs> we we made that for quite a few years. But other than that, I, as far as that's the I was about to say, I think I even remember, and I could be wrong, but I think I remember even using one of the burners from Boning. Um, of course, that was... It was probably 15 years ago, at least. Yeah. 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 Worked yeah. well. It makes a heck of a noise. You don't forget it. <laughs> it was it's a big a, It's clunk. the most satisfying thing ever to burn feathers. I encourage everybody, yeah. even if you're not going to kill your own turkeys and make your own feathers like a real man, uh, which I don't. I've got boys who do. I've got friends who do, but I don't. Um, mainly because I don't kill enough birds. But um, I I think everybody should buy full-length, full era, full feathers, and and burn them themselves. You can make your own designs. You can make cool stuff, and and yeah. it's super satisfying. Um, so I encourage everybody. And to it's the easiest way to change your your setup too, because you can. Oh, I don't. This isn't what I want. They come off the arrow slick as can be, and yeah, it's not a lot of work to do your next setup too. So I have a question that maybe I'm skipping ahead, but it's something I'm currently struggling with. If you have an arrow that has been painted. What's the best way to strip veins and glue from that to refletch them without destroying the paint? It's so, <laughs> a good question. So are we talking carbon, wood, or aluminum carbon. arrows? They came painted. They're the they're the 
Easton Fred Eichler edition traditional arrows. So it it's a carbon arrow that looks like wood and then has white cresting on the back. And I went to pull some feathers off and there's no way to, I mean, I was pulling glue, I was pulling the paint off and I'm like, well, crap, I can't strip these. Yeah. So if you want to fletch the same exact pattern with the same length feather onto our vein on top, I would score around the edge of the, the quill or the arrow or the, the vein score it with a knife to don't go into the carbon. Just you want to cut that paint. So you're, you're getting, giving it a clear place to break and then just take the tip of a stripper tool. We, uh, we have a stripper pro strip pro pro, or I, um, a razor blade knife and just get up under the edge of your vein. And usually if you get up underneath the edge of the vein or feather, you can get it to peel. And then it should just peel where the, the fletching was sitting. And then you'll just have to line it up just to get it to completely cover that hole. Yeah. Very cool. It, it will take the paint underneath of it, though. Yeah. Well, that's what I uh, messed up an arrow, and I'm like, well, crap. I guess that'll be safe for bear shaft tuning. But anyways, um, let's dive into fletchings. Now, just so everybody knows, I and if you've listened to this podcast much at all, you know I'm just an arrow junkie. I love building arrows. I... Last week, I built four dozen arrows just for friends, family, myself, my wife. I just love building arrows. It's like what I do for fun. Um, And I trust all of the boning products, 100% do. Um, Every arrow that I build, I tell people, you know, if you want to shoot a three-fletch, I run a Bronco three-inch. If you want to shoot a four-fletch, I'm going to run a heat vein or a Bronco three-inch, depending on what weight you got out front, how big your broadhead is, so on and so forth. Um, But... I trust all of the boning products, and if you've ever shot them, you probably trust them too. I'm not going to name any other names, but it infuriates me when somebody says, shoot our vein. You just have to buy these five tools to be able to fletch your arrow with them. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to have to primer pin it and do that to the shaft and that to the vein and just to get it to stick. Um, and you don't have to do that with any of the boning products. They are phenomenal. So let's walk through some of the different fletchings and vein configurations and what's good for what and what you would shoot for hunting and fixed blade versus mechanicals, so on and so forth. So um, let's start with the blazer being the most well-known vein in the world. What's the best application for the blazer vein? It's, it's a, a personal preference is, is kind of what I think. I mean, it's, I can tell you the way I shoot it, the way I, the way I fletch my arrows, um, and, and half the people out there are going to disagree that, you know, you need a, a one degree or a two and a half degree, you know, offset or uh, however you want to do it. I, I'm, I'm personally a, a straight fletch with my blazer. Um, I'm a three fletch and, and, and just pretty, pretty much, you know, straightforward. The, the best thing about the blazer is, is the way it steers the, the fixed broadheads. Um, and, uh, and be, you know, being able to go right from a broadhead to a field point, and and still get the uh, the same steering and flight out of the uh, out of the arrow. So with the heat veins, the um, the reason we came out with heat veins is a lot of people complain about the noise of the blazer vein. Um, the heat vein is a more rigid material, so it's quieter and it adjusts your arrow slightly quicker. It just it depends on your setup and how you're shooting, but we tell people it. it 
we have proven it adjusts your arrow a little more quickly in flight um, to kind of get it back to center and everything. Um, so, but yeah, it's as far as what to pick and where. Sometimes with crossbows, the manufacturer will tell you what size and shape and fletching configuration you'll need for your bolt. But <clears throat> with uh, um, with fletchings on your arrows, it's more what makes you feel like it's right. What what's going to give you confidence? What shoots well for you? Because I could pick up the same thing if I'm the, can shoot at the same poundage on the same bow and shoot it completely different. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. a, it's a confidence thing yeah. for for the shooter. Absolutely, it is. Well, and for me, you know, a lot of people are like, why do you worry so much about arrows? Why are you such a an arrow fanatic? And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, no matter what else I put time and effort into, my bow, my boots, my bags, tents, backpacks, trekking poles, you name it, at the end of the day, the only thing that comes in contact with the animal is that arrow. That's it. Like, you know, I could have all the other best equipment, but if my arrow fails, then it doesn't matter what else I had. And so I'm an arrow junkie because, like, that, that is what separates you from success and failure. Now, other things can as well, but, again, if my tent fails, okay, let's keep hunting. If my boots fail, like, I'm going to have bloody feet, but I'm still going to send an arrow through this elk, whatever it is. At the end of the day, that arrow is the only thing that contacts the animal. So we should be putting more thought and more consideration and more testing and more time into our arrows than anything else. So uh, right. that is why I'm an arrow junkie. So I just we owe it to the animal. A hundred percent, you do to, to make that ethical shot. A hundred percent. Do you guys still have the Blazer Minis? Um, we, we don't manufacture the, the minis anymore, but we have the X2, yeah. which is a little bit smaller. Uh, it's bigger. The minis were the... Well, it's a little bit smaller tiny. than the Blazer. Yeah. Sorry. Minis were about half the size of the X2. Yeah. We didn't... I, Brad wasn't here when we had those. They're, they were microscopic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They were tiny. I, I actually shot a four-fletch with Blazer minis for a couple years. Did you? Um, okay. But, again... Here's what I do, and, and you know, I've I've pretty much I've narrowed it down to where every arrow setup that I shoot is either going to be a four fletch with a heat vein or a four fletch with a three inch bronco. Now, reason being, a hundred percent what you said, Nikki, the heat vein in a four fletch is quieter than a blazer vein three fletch. Um, it's a lower profile as well. So I can get away with more, cl more clearance and, and things of the sort. Um, so I really, really, really like a Bronco three inch and a four fletch and a heat vein four fletch. However, before I landed on and decided those, you know, I would go out every new setup. I would shoot a Bronco four inch three fletched. I would shoot blazer vein three fletch i would shoot heat four fletch and three fletch i would shoot the x vein four fletch and three fetch i would shoot the the eastern bullies you name it i would shoot all of those on all of my arrows and i just found nine times out of ten i was either landing on a heat or a bronco so now when it comes to testing what setup that bow likes or what setup those arrows like 
I pretty much just only test heats and Broncos. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I've landed on. That's what I like. Now, again, people are going to like everything out there under the sun differently. And, and that's fine. That's why there's so many different products. Um, I'm just telling you what works really well for me and what steers good when you're shooting a big, heavy fixed blade broadhead, like a cutthroat or a bear razor head or a um, Magnus, you name it. It steers those broadheads really, really well. Um, and, and I've shot them, you know, out to 80 yards with those broadheads and it steers it really well. So, um, those are the two that I prefer. And pretty much if I build somebody a set of arrows, that's what I'm putting on them. Um, now what are the different glues for different veins? Why use one glue over one for different veins? Why? I mean, all of that, you know, and that's a lot to unpack. I know, but, um, (laughs) Well, let's, let me just ask you this. I'm glad I asked you to come on. Yeah. <laughs> the most question I get, whether it's anything, fletchings, boots, backpacks, bows, if I can only buy one, what are you buying? And that's a trick question for so many things. But if somebody says, well, don't yeah. I only want to buy one glue. You know, I, I don't want to have to have seven glues. Um, what would be that one glue that you would say, this is going to be your best for do-all? So I think the most foolproof adhesive that we have is either our Blazer Bond or Fletch Fuse. Essentially the same type of, you know, they're the same type, just one's a little thicker than the other. Um, So I say that because with our Fletch Type Platinum, our solvent-based adhesive that's been around for 50, 60 years probably, um, it's a great adhesive. It's a rubberized adhesive. When it dries, it leaves the, a rubberized bond that's actually, we did um, scanning electron microscope images of what does it look like when it dries. And it actually has rebar-like structures in it from the, the resins that are used in the, the glue. And so great bond, but sometimes people have trouble with it because they don't leave it clamped enough or they don't have enough clamp pressure on their jig. Um, There's some jigs that work better than others, just in general with any type of adhesive or vein. And if you're not using something that works well overall, using an instant glue is kind of the cheapest way to ensure that you're going to have a good bond. So Blazer Bond has been around for a really long time. Uh, we do test it. We test all of our adhesives, but that's probably because it's been around for a while. It's been tested almost as much as platinum. It's a great adhesive. Um, and now we, we have both because we have a lot of people that really love platinum. We have a lot of people that really love instant glues. But there are people that are sensitive to instant glues, so they can't use them. They'll actually have an allergic type reaction to them. So that's where the the platinum comes into play, but also it's just an overall good rubberized. So for me, it's hard. I make the platinum myself and I tube every tube of platinum. Um, so really, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're a small company, so we wear a lot of hats um, and that's one. So I take a lot of pride in platinum, but if it's something you're trying to just have one, probably an instant glue is going to be your, your safest option. Gotcha. Um, also just, 
just a funny story. I uh, my my shop is half gym, half bow shop. And I go out there, and on one of my gym, on one of the mats for my gym, it's just covered in white stuff. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like yelling at the kids. I'm like, what? what's on the floor in, in the shop? And they were like, one of my, my oldest daughter was like, well, I broke something. And so I tried to glue it, and I found your glue over there. And I'm like, so you grabbed a bottle of glue that costs, you know, 14 bucks a bottle to glue your little Barbie doll hand back on. And it got all over the floor and she tried to spread it out and clean it up. So there's just a massive white spot from where the glue dried on the floor. And and I'm like, you idiots. Anyways. um, It is really hard to remove. It's a really good glue. It stays. Oh yeah. I don't, I think I can rob about any store I want because I've gotten so much glue on my fingertips and I peel it off and I'm like, I've, I've definitely lost my fingerprint at this point. Like I definitely don't have a fingerprint anymore. Um, I also get this question a lot and don't, don't, I think AAE max stealth is probably one of the most used veins right now for hunting. And so I get that question a lot. Well, don't I want to try boning? Which vein's going to be the closest to that? Would be a Bronco three inch, in my opinion. I mean, unless you guys have a, a secret vein I don't know about, but um, that is going to be the most, the most like it. I think that 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 AAE vein is 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 a little stiffer material, similar to like the heat that you are using. Gotcha. So that's a diff- that that heat vein is is a completely different material than your bronco vein. Right. Uh, the bronco vein is is made out of the the same material that the blazer is made out of. Um. So with with that said, we we do have some our X three line, which yep. is which is the same as our X veins, but it's in the heat material. Um. So I I would say that the X three that you know you got to. You you have the the heat vein is a two and a half inch vein as opposed to a three inch bronco. Um, we have right now it's 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 been you know released as our black skyline, but we have a three inch um, same cut as the heat and the or the, the same cut as the X three and the X veins, and it's a three inch. That's that's becoming very popular very fast. It's in the heat material, the stiffer material. So that that's going to be something that competes very well with that AAE vein. You said the black, what was it? Black sky. I don't think I've um, ever originally. Seen yeah, so so a little over a year ago, we we they boning released it. I wasn't with with the company then. Um, it was released as a a crossbow bolt vein. Um, but as you do and everybody else or the, the older, the older guys, not so many, you know, the younger, younger crews don't tinker quite as much in the, in the industry. They, they want the instant gratification. They want to use what somebody says, this is what I use, but, um, bows are shooting just as fast. You know, I mean, they're, 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 they're not slowing down by any means. So this, the guys took this black sky vein and said, Hey, we're going to, try this on our arrows and it's um you know it's it's not as tall as the uh the blazer vein it's a little longer um 
and it's it's a stiff material and it, and it's been working well. We also have the blazer profile um in the same in the in the same heat material. The bully so vein, right? That, well, we we have it in the black sky as well. Oh, gotcha. So the the bully vein is is kind of the east and you know that's that's their their logo their logo the bully logo is, stiffer, is there that is a stiffer it's blazer the, isn't it's it? the same material yep yeah yep. yep so it's the same as the bully vein it's just it's just our logo on it and our gotcha. name and i believe that it's going to be rebranded um coming up when we change the catalog in the in the uh the website here probably the end of next month so the black sky 3.0 is essentially the same material as the heat vein, but a three inch shield cut. Yeah. You're, you're going to get some with the order that you just asked me for. I'm going to send you some of that material. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We want you to try them. The, the, the issue that right now it's only available in six colors. Um, so you're not going to get, you know, it's it's available in the green, so that's I know you like the green, but um, I'm going to send you just some for you to try out. I want I want you to let me know what you think. I, I, it's got a pretty positive feedback so far. So essentially, um, it'll be but, the same. Man, that kind of has me excited. So you get the stiffness of the heat, the length of the mm-hmm. three inch, but the lower profile. How high is the profile on it? It's point four eight. So that's even less than so it's the just, heat, right? No, the no. heat's 0.44. So it's oh, okay. 0.04. It's it's your Broncos 0.5. Um, yep. And and so it's a little little shorter than the Bronco, but it's a shield cut. Yeah. On the on the back end. Man, that is cool. Now, for those of you who ask why a four fletch. Um, I get that question quite a bit because I shoot a four fletch on everything, whether I'm shooting feathers off a, off a recurve or veins off a recurve or every compound, my wife's my compound. If I get to choose the arrow setup, it's a four fletch reason being we're talking about profile right now with a four fletch. You can get away with a lower profile, but more vein on the arrow. So, so whereas if I go like a three inch blazer, it's it's got a higher profile with less vein, um, less steering ability, if you will. So with a four fletch, I can go with a lower profile vein and get more back end steering on the arrow. And again, you know, that's going to play a much bigger role if you're shooting a big, heavy, fixed cut on contact bro- broadhead. Whereas, you know, if you're shooting a mechanical, you can shoot whatever in the crap you want to shoot and it's going to steer it just fine. Um, now, I will say this just because it steers it just fine doesn't mean it steers it as good as it could um, and get it spinning as fast and stabilize as fast as it could. So just because something does work doesn't mean it's the best. Um, so don't just say, well, my blazers have always worked or my heat three fletch has always worked or my blazer vein four fletch, six fletch, 10 fletch, whatever you're doing. It's always worked. Try new things, just like this black sky. I've never tried one. It might work better than my Heat 4-Fletch or my Bronco 4-Fletch. So try new things. Do different things and figure out, man, that, that's a lot quieter. Stabilize it a lot quicker. Man, I'm shooting great. And, and you might figure out there's new things that work way better for your bow. Um, so just a, a thought there. Wraps or no wraps? And the benefit of running a wrap, 
the benefit of not running a wrap? Should they be wrapping their arrows? So if you have something, a shaft type that's hard to stick to, where you're having issues with the veins coming up, throw a wrap on it. The wrap sticks to everything. And the benefit of a wrap is it's got so much more surface area to stick to the arrow. And all of our veins with our glues will stick to any of our wraps. So if you're having any issues, otherwise it's just decoration. Um, it's a it's a lovely decoration and we enjoy making them. But um, as far as it makes it a little more difficult to refletch if you lose one vein, because quite often you'll end up stripping the whole thing and having to refletch. Um, and then you have to deal with the adhesive that's left behind. So it's kind of, it's pluses and minuses either way. Um, we, we sell a lot of wraps. So a lot of people really like to wrap their arrows and we appreciate that. Um, but it, it's really kind of a, a great tool to, um, solve those, those troubled areas that you have where you just can't get things to stick well to your, your shaft. I don't know why you wouldn't. In my opinion, I mean, like you said, it's going to be a good decoration. Mm -hmm. So if I put that on my arrow and fletch them up perfectly, great, let's go shoot. Whereas, yeah. like you said, you know, sometimes you fletch up a dozen arrows and then you go out and shoot and veins start falling off and you're like, what in the world? So to me, you skip that headache of figuring out, man, this glue doesn't like this carbon or these veins don't like this carbon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You skip that whole step. So if you just go ahead and wrap your arrows, they're going to glue nice. They're going to stay yeah. nice. And it's going to make your arrow prettier, easier to find in the woods. Um, yeah. Better to see it in flight. For the hunters, it's, you know, if, you, if you're using that lighter colored fletch you, or wrap, you can see the, the blood and tell, you know, yeah. hey, this 100%. looks like lung blood or this looks like liver blood or, you know, it, it's going to give you that. A hundred percent. Just a little bit more to, to, see the, to see the blood on the arrow. Yeah. If I wasn't such a girl and liked pretty arrows, like building pretty arrows, I would always go with a white wrap. Just like if you don't care what your arrows look like, well, yeah. first off, white on white looks really cool if you run a white wrap and a white vein. But white is going to give you that ability to see bubbles in the blood. It's going to give you the ability to see if it's dark red or light pink. It's going to give you the ability to see if there's any kind of guts in the in the in the coloring so you can see maybe i did hit them a little far back white is going to be your best it's easy to find it's easy to see it's easy to read blood however i like to build arrows so i usually use other colors and pretty stuff and different things so yeah um what is what is and you might not be able to tell me this because i know it's a big number but i know <laughs> it was on the at ata i know it was up there at the at the show how many different configurations are there Oh, it was yeah, like I don't know what like, that number is. It was it was really cool just to hear. Well, we uh, Brad hasn't been to an ATA with us yet, so I don't know that you've seen it. But at ATA we do a huge the the giant arrow display, yep. and then tower. there's a banner behind it. Yeah. Oh, yes, the tower. It's the pyramid. It's on the pyramid, mm -hmm. and there's stickers. And every year when we add different colors and um, print combinations and stuff on the veins we update the number of possible combinations between our wraps and our veins that there it are. It was like in the billions. 12 billion or something, I think is this year. I, I, I we really can get an thought, exact number for you, but it's huge. Maybe it was 242. I don't, I can't remember. But I we can get that. Number. 
I wonder if it's anywhere on your website. It used to be, but I'm not sure. I was just looking through the catalog to see if there, if it was in here. We're pretty good about including that type of info. Yeah, it's it's got to be an insane number because I know that there's color combinations and everything yeah. with, with our our graphic design guy and our our marketing guy. He is. Uh, pretty handy when it comes to like can you imagine how many combinations and so we said no i can't really imagine and he came up with well just in vein different veins and different colors i think we have 3800 different skews just in our veins yeah yeah every time we're like well we'll do everything in every color because we have it available why not and yeah for sure all right so let's dive into the the building of arrows what are the best jigs to use if if somebody knows, okay, I, I want to fletch blazers, but I also want to fletch broncos and feathers and, you know, like myself, I build arrows for children and, uh, you know, hunters and 3D shooters and trad shooters. And so I need a jig that does feathers and veins and small veins, big veins, four inch veins, two inch veins, all that stuff. What is the best? And I know my answer. But what is the best jig that somebody should buy? Yeah, again, My thought is multi fletcher. Yeah, the the multi fletcher would be would be the my my answer just yep. because you know if you if you buy the multi fletcher in the box, you get the 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 inserts for a straight a one degree and a three degree right and left and feathers, and then you get the two degree. Feather. And feathers. In, for it. And, and it's for right and left. And it also gives you the, the crossbow insert um, for if you wanted to, to fletch your, your crossbow bolts as well. Yeah. Now, for ease of use, for that person who said, I've, I've never, I've never fletched my own arrows, I've never built my own arrows, but I want to. Um, I don't think you can beat like the cauldron or the tower yeah. jig. Um, you know, load all three in, clamp them up, let them dry, remove them. Um, I think that's going to be a really good place to start. If you're like, man, I really want to start experimenting. Um, you're not going to be able to do any kind of four fletching. Uh, but those products are going to be good for helping you start, yeah. for helping you just get your feet wet on fletching your own arrows. Yes. Yeah. They're cool tools yeah. to use. Or if you need a, you know, I've used that like in a hurry where like I'm headed out on a hunt and, you know, I need to fletch up six arrows for a buddy who lost two the night before or whatever. And so I fletch up those real quick with that. Um, it's going to be really good for that type of stuff. Yeah. Yep, it sure is. And the the great thing is if you're trying to go through and do dozen after dozen, like it sounds like you do and I do when I'm doing my testing, the tower and the cauldron are awesome because you get all of your fletches, you set that to the side, you do the next one. And I just have a constant string of eight to 10 that I of towers or cauldrons that I'm going through. And with that, you don't have to do the alignment. It's already done for you. It's not like the, the chip clip style jigs where you have to really make sure that your arrows are aligned correctly. So you're getting good contact and that sort of thing. Um, I really think that the the three fletching for me, because I'm 
I'm fletching not because I want to make pretty arrows typically. I'm usually fletching because I want to destroy pretty arrows. So I don't really spend a ton of time. <laughs> I'm spending more time to destroying the arrow. And so in my case, I, I want to fletch it as quickly as I can, efficiently as I can. But for most people, it, it just takes the guesswork out of, is this aligned correctly? Is um, Do I have good contact? That sort of thing. Yeah. Now, if you want to start building more, what I would say, like professional, um, more time consuming, but also more precise and more um, different configurations, different, definitely the multi-fletcher or the pro-class jig. Yeah. Uh, I have both. I've used both. They're both great jigs. Um, but that's going to give you a little more control over, you know, how your vein sits on the arrow and, you know, how far up or down yeah. you want your vein yeah. on the shaft and, and, and all of that good stuff, you know, and, and I tell everybody to test that stuff too, you know, test, do I put it an inch from the back from the knock? Do I put it an inch and a quarter from the knock? Where is it going to stabilize it best? Where is it going to be quietest best? Uh, but all that stuff, you know, try all of those things, uh, because I run different. I put my, my feathers further up on my recurve than I put my veins on my compound. Just weird things like that. And, and those type of jigs, and not that if you're using a, uh, a cauldron or a tower, you're not a professional, you're not doing a good job. That's not what I mean. But uh, I just call more of a pro-class jig because it gives you more of that control over what you're yeah. doing. Um, more precise gluing and, and precise arrow building. Um, before we go, I ask every single one of my guests to give me a tip, some sort of something that will make me better. Uh, so we'll stick with the theme of arrow building. So what's a tip that you would give to somebody for building their own arrows? So I do all of the, the phone calls and contacts from customers that are having issues. And I would say probably my biggest tip is don't, don't keep doing the same process forever because I get calls and people will say, I've done this for 40 years. It's got to be your your specific adhesive or vein or whatever that's causing the problem. And I, I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you think that there's nothing that's changed in the last 40 years? All of these products are changing and the arrows are better. The fletchings are better. The adhesives are better, but you have to kind of be willing to roll with the changes because you're going to reap so many more rewards from having a great process and a great product. But you have to be willing to, you know, kind of like you said, find the best fit for you, but it might be kind of a, a moving target. So, you know, be willing to yeah. experiment and try new things um, and it'll get you a long ways. Well, I would say, sure. you know, my tip would be not to settle. You know, if, if you get something that, you know, like you talked earlier with the, you know, hey, the, the blazers, the three, you know, the three fletch blazers work for me. I've killed, you know, a deer every year with it or, you know, whatever it is, you, you know, experiment a little, try, try something new, you know, maybe try that, the black sky I'm going to send you, maybe try the, the four fletch Bronco, you know, don't, don't settle. There's find what's perfect. You know, like we talked earlier, we, we owe it to the animal to make an ethical shot and, and shoot as good as you know, the best that we can, whether it's, you know, target archery or, or hunting. So yeah, I would say, you know, not to settle and, and, and perfect it. 
there's going to be a time where you shoot a fletching setup and you're just like, holy crap, why did that look? That flew like a laser. Yeah. Horn. And then you're going to shoot another one and you're like, dude, that is just spinning fast. It's quiet. It's stable. Shoot that arrow. Like, shoot that setup. There are going to be times where you're like, man, that just kind of looked like it was planing. Like, it just looked like it was, don't shoot that arrow. Now, does that mean that if I have a, a fletching configuration where I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Does that mean that it's not going to work for my wife's bow or my buddy's? Absolutely not. They, their bow might love it. You know, they might be shooting a different rest. They might be um, shooting a different arrow length, different arrow weight, different. And it's going to change all of that. So don't also don't write something off and just say that that vein sucks. Yeah. Just because your setup doesn't like it doesn't mean it's a bad vein. Doesn't mean it's not going to work for somebody Absolutely. else. So try new things. Always continue to get better. Uh, but also don't write stuff off just because it didn't work for you. Guys, when it comes to hunting and being outdoors, I believe there's one product that I use more than anything. That's not my bow. That's not my boots. It's not my um, anything else other than a binocular harness. If I am outside doing anything outdoors, I've got a binocular harness on. Whether I'm shooting, whether I'm hanging tree stands, uh, whether I'm out hiking, it doesn't matter. If I'm outdoors doing just about anything, I've always got my binocular harness Alaskan Guy Creations does it and does it very, very well. I've been using these now for about eight years, and I absolutely love them. The new system with all the magnets are really good, um, really accessible, very customizable. Guys, if you're in the market for a new binocular harness, I would highly, highly, highly encourage you to check out Alaskan Guide Creations because they are phenomenal. Guys, I highly encourage you to check out Boning. You've heard the ads on this show for years now, um, and that's because I trust their products. I've used Boning products forever, uh, but like I stated, they also have some really cool Fredbear-branded products that you can only get from Boning. So go check them out for the Fredbear. Um, it, I, I promise you, if you fletch up a dozen arrows with that Fredbear flannel wrap and some white veins, you're going to be in love. They look cool in flight. They're easy to find. They're easy to see. They look super classic. They're just beautiful. Um, but go check them out. Your pocket quiver is also dope. We didn't even talk about that, but those are sweet. Go check out Boning for all their products, guys. You will not be disappointed. I promise you, if it says Boning, it's a name that you can trust because it's been around for 100 years. There's good reason for that. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all have a fantastic week.